The little goose step over the 22 and into the in goal. And it's a try. And they rack up 100. And it's Tamara scoring for Queensland. G'day, folks, and welcome to another episode of Reds Radio. My name is Brendan Sorsotel from Queensland Rugby Union, and joining me this evening, I've got two of our St. George Queensland Reds, Kerry Lingerman and Sarah Riordan. Girls, how are we? I Hello. am great, thank you. We are good. Now, obviously, crazy times at the moment with the COVID-19 situation. Everyone's been affected differently, whether that's, you know, work life, personal life, etc., um, you know, girls individually, how have you guys been affected? Um, Sarah, we'll start with you. Obviously, Australian Defence Force things are sort of very different for you guys in terms of, um, you know, how things are rolling out, whether or not you guys are going to get called into action at some point. Um, what are you sort of waiting to hear, waiting here from sort of your employer at the second? Yeah, so um, at the moment, um, we're on reduced manning on the base, so obviously to minimise um, the amount of purse at work, um, which obviously would minimise an outbreak if it was to happen. Um, and obviously if that did happen, then um, obviously our, our capabilities would <laughs> would um, diminish, I guess, by quite a lot. So um, at the moment, we are, most of us are working from home um, and obviously on call to help out if there are any um, assistance needed um, from us from the government. There's already some... Some reservists and some guys already out doing some border work and um, helping with the uh, airports and, and hotel stuff. So um, I guess we are waiting for the call, but at the moment it's just, um, I guess you, you never really know. Yeah. And um, for Kiri yourself, you know, your work scenario sort of changed a fair bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, walk, walk us through sort of what's happened um, individually for you sort of since the, the announcement of, uh, I suppose, the, the semi-lockdown as we um, continue to battle this uh, COVID-19 scenario? Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, the work landscape for everyone's changed a fair bit. In terms of isolation, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty well trained at <laughs> self-isolation. Don't mind a bit of time alone and um, time to just do you know whatever I want. Um, as far as work goes, I work was working or still am um, in the recruitment industry, and obviously that's um, taken a bit of a hit at the moment. But having a bit of a, an admin background has kind of worked in my favour um, in terms of the medical landscape. Um, obviously, medical clinics are completely swamped with everything that's going on at the moment. So I was able to um, take a role with a medical clinic at the moment, um, working admin with them. And it has just been day in, day out, completely strapped um, each hour. So I have very much been keeping busy. No, that's good to hear. Good to hear. And obviously, I suppose a lot of different girls within the squad um, have been affected differently. Um, we've got a, an array of players from different walks of life. Um you know, have you guys sort of been keeping in touch much via social media, uh, checking in with each other and trying to just see how uh, everyone's sort of faring differently amongst the, the COVID-19 scenario? Um, yeah, massively. Yeah. We have our, um, so we've got a, a Facebook page where we all catch up and um, that was our main, I guess, point of contact with each other throughout the year and um, while everything was going on, we just all said to each other we'd make a really decent effort just to stay connected, especially on that page um, in terms of what we've been up to. Um, we each had a, um, a buddy of friends to reach out to every week just to make sure that they were all good. 
Um, so social media has been, uh, I know for everyone, has been a massive saving grace, especially for us as a team um, in terms of just keeping connected and, and making sure everyone's kind of getting through at the moment. Yeah, I think um, it's, I guess it's, it's important as a team to stay connected always, like throughout the season, but obviously more now than ever. Um, and I think we've, we've been doing that quite well. And, and I think for me and for some others, I think, I mean, there's nothing else really you've got to do other than jump on and, and say g'day or send in a workout or a video and, and catch up and all jump on, you know, FaceTime and have a group group FaceTime. It's always nice to see the girls. So um, it definitely does keep you going through, I guess, these, um, these very weird times. And with our team, no one can really go like a day or two without throwing chat at someone. So <laughs> honestly, there's that much chat being thrown around. No one's, <laughs> no one's feeling alone. Yeah. No, well, that's very positive, very positive girls. Obviously, from a Super W point of view, you guys all went to isolation, hoping that you, you'd come back, play your uh, 2v3 playoff against the Brumbies, and then hopefully get through to play against New South Wales um, in the GF. Um, hopefully for the third year running, but obviously wasn't to be, um, you know, it was announced last week that they'd uh, wrap up Super W, announced New South Wales as the, the champions for the third year running, having been undefeated. Um, you know, once again, with, with, with such a close loss to the girls in the in the round games, another three-point loss, um, you know, how did the Queensland girls sort of take the announcement um, last week that, you know, they weren't going to get the chance to potentially contest that GF? Um, I think we always, I guess, when, once we were told that things were going on hold, I think everybody had it in the back of their mind that there could be a possibility that we may not be able to play again this year. Um, but at the start and, and still to, to today, um, the girls, we all just put in and kept training and stayed connected and, and um, kept, I guess, that rugby mindset right up until we were actually told that we weren't playing anymore and... I think obviously it hurt. It hurts a lot to know that, but yeah, I don't like it. It's not just us, and you know they've, they've postponed the Olympics, so it's to think you know they've pushed the Olympics back as if they're going to play a women's Super W final. But I think we still maintained that, I guess, hope, and that's what drove us. And I, we're still, I guess, maintaining that for for next year. But um, obviously it hurt a lot for I think for myself and and for the girls. Um, the day that it. I guess we knew that it was going to happen, but when we actually heard it and it was put out there, it obviously hurt a lot more, I think. Yeah, in a way, I'm kind of thankful when we when it got to those initial stages that they didn't just cut it straight away. Um, when we first had that meeting initially, it was about six weeks we were looking at um, before they or before we'd got a get a chance to to get back to training. So, if anything, it was it was probably nice to have that in the back of your head to to sort of go into a mini preseason. Mm. Um, for me personally, I felt a little bit refreshed. Um, Super W is very short, but it's a massively taxing season, uh, particularly when you get into the swing of things of working full time and then training like we do. Um, those few weeks can feel a lot longer than they actually are. Um, and the Brumbies game was, was brutal uh, physically. So um, although it was definitely not what we wanted and, and things were really uncertain at the time, it, it was kind of um, mentally a good thing to, to have a bit of a time frame that we could work to get back towards. 
Um, obviously, at the end of the day, that didn't eventuate. Um, you know, as the days unfolded, things got a bit more worse. Um, but I, I believe that, you know, they were doing everything that they could to try and get it to that stage. And obviously, it just, it just couldn't happen. And, um, you know, losing sucks massively, especially um, coming into the third year. But I just know for us, for our time, you know, if it does or when it does happen, um, I, I, for myself and for the for the girls and for the team, I want it to be um, done properly. If that you know, if that makes sense, I, I want it to be you know with our friends of and family, with our teammates, um, with the crowds. Um, you know, playing a, a really decent eighty minute game. I, I've always seen them that moment happening like that, and and I'm hoping it happens like that one day. No, that's definitely a fair point, and I suppose. Um... In terms of the girls mentally being prepared for it, um, you know, that's a positive. But, you know, amongst everything that's sort of happened from a Super W point of view, with the competition being cancelled and all that sort of stuff, with the wider impact of the COVID-19 and, and, you know, girls potentially, you know, losing jobs or, you know, having to potentially move back in with parents, things like that, it's got a much wider impact how crucial has it been to, you know, as you guys have mentioned, stay connected on social media and as a squad show that, you know, you're still committed to a goal of staying fit and healthy and hopefully seeing the other side of this scenario? Yeah, hugely. I think um, the the biggest thing that this has shown for me and I'm sure for everyone else is, is how um serious this is on a global scale and and i guess showing you what's important in life in general and um in the scheme of things you know the the super w grand final is a very small mark on on what's happening in the world right now and what people are, are dealing with um so even just to be able to do our part for for a friend to to keep in touch with them make sure that they're okay make sure that they're happy support anyone that that needs it at the moment and I guess for myself and I know for says being thankful for the positions that we're in um, Mm. where we can still be quite comfortable with work and um, you know still be able to to train or or to do things for ourselves so um, yeah it's a a hugely scary and and uncertain time at the moment but yeah super thankful for I am and, and happy to to connect with friends. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously it's not ideal, the position that we're in, but I wouldn't say it's a blessing in disguise and somewhat because obviously it's that great loss. Um, but I guess this time that we have off and it's we're unsure of how long it could go for, it just gives us extra time to work on, I guess, different things. Like some girls have like some mental things, some mental games to work on, physical, obviously, that we've got all the time we'll have to train. Um and I think it just brought everyone together um, a lot more and, and, and made us support each other more because not only on the field we've got to support each other, we've got girls who obviously have have lost jobs, who, you know, are uncertain and under a lot of stress. Um, so it's nice to be able to just use this time to be there for other people. Obviously it's uh, a lot easier for myself um, and key to offer that out and some girls may struggle to do that. So um, while it's, I guess, obviously really annoying and, and um, I guess, unfortunate times, at the same time you can kind of look at some positives out of out of this and um, I guess that's the only thing that you can do at the moment because you don't really want to focus on, you know, all the bad stuff that's happening. And I suppose that's uh, that's another element of it in, in itself is that, 
while there's definitely individuals who affect differently, um, you know, obviously while you guys have both got work at the moment, some others don't, but I suppose it's a case of, um, you know, everyone's going to be affected by this scenario in some sense, whether that's, you know, whether it's your work-life balance, your emotional work-life mm. balance, so whether or not you're able to go see your friends, family, financially how it impacts on you. Um, you know, it must be pleasing to at least have that, that squad of the girls all behind everyone and that if you need somewhere to turn that, you know, the guys or the girls are there to support you guys. Um, you know, should you need to, to turn somewhere and potentially, you know, whether it's just a chat over the phone or, you know, directing you to somewhere to for, for more professional help, it must be, be great to know that you've, you've got a squad behind you and supporting you to help you get through this period. I think it just sums up uh, rugby in general, to be honest, yeah. or, or any kind of sporting team, um, whatever you join or whoever you're, what team you're a part of, it becomes that support base. You you know, reflect on moments when you have a bit of time, but you actually go through a lot together. Mm. Um, and I don't just mean, you know, pandemics or crisis, but in training, in, in um, putting in each week and in your everyday lives, um, you know, you, you're seeing these girls almost every day you're touching base with them, you're doing review, you're connecting on social media and, um, you know, and I like the fact that that hasn't stopped um, with everything that's going on for us at the moment. So it kind of, I think what a lot of people are probably searching for at the moment is just a sense of um, normality in everything that's going on. And for us, um, this is the norm is to be connecting and, and making sure that your teammates are okay. So um, it's hugely important and, it, and it's it's nice to to jump on, you know, at an uncertain time or, or, you know, check on Facebook and to see the girls getting around each other. It's, yeah, it's good to see. Yeah, I mean, it's just the girls are great to be around and, and like Kitty said, that's that's rugby all together and everyone is like a family and, um, I mean, whenever I'm, I'm either bored or I'm upset or I'm just you know, I've had enough, I can always jump on and um, definitely get a laugh out of the girls and, and take my mind off things and, and I guess just change my my attitude towards the situation, I think. And um, and I, I think that's the best thing that, that they can have to offer to us is um, that, that mental support is great. So obviously, you know, social media has been massive for you guys in terms of staying connected, um, seeing what it, everyone's been up to. Um, what sort of a, a challenge system has Moana, uh, Virtue, the head coach, or, you know, the other coaching staff sort of been laying down for you guys? I know they're sort of posting stuff in there regularly for you guys to sort of stay active, stay engaged. Um, you know, talk us through a little bit about sort of, sort of some of the challenges that have come through so far and, um, you know, how everyone's been tackling those. Um, yeah, so Mosey has definitely been keeping us, um, I guess, uh, involved a lot, like rugby-wise and physically-wise. Um, so she posts up very horrible, horrible workouts, uh, weekly challenges that um, all, all the squad must do and um, send in either a video or photos of us completing it and dying during the session. Um but so that definitely keeps, I think, most of the girls accountable. Um, and it is a little bit, uh, I guess I could say, it's a bit of a pleasure to see that other people also struggle through the workouts. It's not just myself. Um, but not only is it just um, a physical challenge that she'll put up, um, it's also, well, obviously right up until I'd probably like last week, it was more, it was still focusing on, on rugby a lot. So getting our, 
our um, skills up. So just little things like ball skills, um, knowing our plays, knowing our roles, um, knowing our patterns. Um, so still having that rugby brain there and switched on and keeping us, I guess, prepared in case um, uh, we did end up playing some sort of rugby. Um, but I guess it was still good to keep our, our brains active um, and our body as well. Um, but I won't say I'm a fan of the weekly challenges, but they're very good for us. And um, I guess it brings us all together. And again, like I said, it just makes us accountable for for being a part and still being part of the team and showing everyone. And it's not just us that like players that gets involved. We've got our coaching staff. Um, they all jump in. Our doc, um, physio, S and C. Um, everybody's jumping in with their families and their kids and, and giving it a really good go. So it's not only keeping us fit, but it's keeping whoever we're stuck and isolated with fit as well. I know I make my partner and I definitely make my dog do some of the stuff and it keeps keeps all of us active. So um, it's, it's, it's not such a bad thing. It's actually really good. There was only one challenge that really mattered and that was the sweets. <laughs> burger making challenge so obviously the general public didn't get to see it but I might just drop it on my Instagram once I win this challenge and I know I will so I made an Asian fusion burger made my patties and sauce from scratch for the burger challenge Uh um yet to have any competitors test me but I'm waiting there's still what are we at there's still a few more days for someone to post up a masterpiece but I'm ready to get back if (laughs) I'm ready to get back if anyone comes for me. I've been working out all week for this burger. (laughs) So you can just imagine. (laughs) Look, this was a challenge myself that I thought, wow, I could really take it to this group. I rate myself on the barbecue. But uh, after seeing Kiri's work, I was like, nah. Oh, do not get intimidated from that. Yes. (laughs) No. Well, see, right. I, I'm limited as well because much. my partner has the uh, palate of a 12-year-old. So if I try to go um, <laughs> too expansive in terms of flavor or spices or anything like that, I know about it. So I <laughs> well, wasn't able to take part uh, heavily in the hamburger challenge because I have to make like a, you know, a McDonald's cheeseburger to keep her happy. Well, you could. There was no rule saying you can't. <laughs> Look, we can all throw a few weights around. We can all do a few lunges and run 400 metres. But at the end of the day, MasterChef is MasterChef. And I turned up this week. I'm just going to put it out there. I turned up. I performed. I was mentally ready. I was prepared. My fitness, my burger fitness was at its peak. And I put on a good good performance. Asian food (laughs) is not burgers. Like, that is just... It was Asian fusion. Hey, we're a multicultural nation, Sarah. You know, a bit of Asian fusion with some Australian barbecue. Perfect. Like, if anyone's looking for some catering gigs after this, you know, you carry a shout out, you know. Anyone wants any cooking classes, you know, maybe that's the direction my my Instagram is going to be heading heading very soon. Followers coming. I'll change my username. (laughs) <laughs> Migurang. Actually, Migurang. <laughs> it's hard to come by at these times. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Park, park in the food conversation for a second. Obviously, look, we don't know when rugby is going to come back, um, which is sort of a hard thing to sort of wrap our minds around. But 
from a competition point of view, um, obviously Super W is parked for the year, but what do you guys hope to see by the end of the year? Is, is, is it hopeful that we potentially see some club rugby come back and then hopefully some Wallaroos test matches at the end of the year? You know, What would you guys like to see personally uh, from a competition point of view before uh, 2022 comes to a close? I think out of everything, I was probably the most upset about club rugby. Mm, I no one quite understands when you play Super W when you co- go back to club rugby just how refreshing um, it is in in a good way nothing um, bad at all but just to, to get back to those club environments and and for us to spread out and to play each other it completely changes everything um, and and just to get around your club environments um, me moving to a new club this year East Tigers I'm yet to experience the full Tigerland adventure on a club day. So Up the um, I am I am hanging out to do that. Um, and, yeah, so I'm just, I, I was massively looking forward to club this year and, and I'm hoping that we still get to pick up a bit of it at the end of the year. That's probably what I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm definitely the same. Um, it, I guess just over from, from the last three years that, I've been involved in Queensland rugby and with Super W, um, watching, I guess, the growth and development of not only the game but the players within the game is, is really, really exciting. So, like, I guess over from the last couple of years, you'll see some girls who get introduced to the uh, the Reds program and, and they come up and they come out of that program, an amazing rugby player. You've got um, Annabelle Cody from last year who's just developed amazingly and, and this year Mariah Tupai. So... I guess those are just a few girls who I just could not wait to see them back in club rugby and, and inspiring other girls that, that you know, could have the potential and they've always had the potential but just never got exposed to, I guess, a different level of rugby. Um, and I think for me that's the most exciting thing. And to come back and see so many new girls playing, um, I was I went to the trials and, um, and watched Wes and watched the Doggies girls and, and there was completely a whole new array of new faces. And... To think that that could be because of the exposure of Super W that's encouraged girls to come along and, and play club rugby. And I know I definitely have got some girls from from work and, and in the army coming over to play club rugby. Um, they've always played, obviously, army rugby, but club rugby, um, to get them to come over and, and just give it a go and play for fun and, and make a whole new group of friends. And and now and they love it. Like, it's it's so good to see that something that you could be doing away from all of that is influencing girls to come and play the game and make the game bigger. And for me, I think that's just so amazing. And I would have loved to get back into club. And, and like Kitty said, like, it's kind of refreshing in a way because it brings you back down to where you once were and, and, and makes you appreciate all little things about rugby, not just the, the you know, the high we're on TV and you've got filmed games and you're playing on these amazing stadiums. just takes you right back and makes you appreciate the little things that you don't really get, um, I guess, in a semi-professional comp. So I'm pretty upset about that. Um, I do hope that we do get some sort of club rugby up. It would be great, I think, for Queensland rugby, for women, and I guess for all of us. Um, um, in terms of, I guess, I hope there are some test matches for the Wallaroos as well. Um, obviously, next year being a World Cup year, it is something that I guess I think that we will we will need and we could benefit from. Always could benefit from more test matches, especially for a World Cup. But um, it's, it's it's I guess obviously it's really hard to say what what could happen from now to the end of the year. But um, I just hope some sort of rugby gets back up. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think you guys raised some good points there in terms of, um, you know, from the Wallaroos' point of view, getting some test matches off the ground. You know, you guys sort of both came into the Wallaroos program before the last World Cup, and we'll come back to that. But to the point on club rugby, um, who was sort of some of the most exciting players you've seen come out of that competition and into the Queensland program this year who've sort of really um, stood up and impressed you guys and sort of made you say, you know, wow, these these ladies are really taking their opportunity and running with it. I think you Um, can kind of, you can talk to anyone and I'm pretty sure most people in the rugby world will always tell you that club rugby is probably some of their best times of their life. That's mm -hmm. definitely the case for me. I will always look back on club rugby and have some of the greatest memories. So um, to go back and and it's where it starts for most girls, that's where you fall in love with rugby. And um, for me, someone in particular, um, I think flies under the radar because you wouldn't realise that she's only been playing for about two years as Christina Sakona. Um, mm. She started at Sunnybank literally about two years ago and in that time has is now capped, a capped Wallaroo. So, and that's, that's off the back of hard work at club rugby and learning the game and then yeah being a part of um the reds program and and stepping up at another level as she goes along and and for me i just don't see her slowing down anytime soon i think she's a huge impact of the game especially you know in her position yeah i think i already said it one for me is um is raya um i think that she's just i've played club with her for the last like two two years um and she's always been that I guess that player that's she's had potential, but I, I never ever thought she had this type of potential. But most of it just come from confidence, um, and I think that's something that being within the Reds program gave her. It gave her that confidence that she probably can do more, and she is capable of more. And um, obviously, playing club with her, it's so exciting. I was I was honestly looking forward to playing club with her this year and and trying to tear it up in the midfield with her, but um. I guess we'll just may have to wait um, until next year. But I guess it's just great to see girls like that, you know, come start from club and have, I guess, little idea and, and not so much potential that you can think of. But then you just expose them to such a such a good program and, and, and good players and then look what comes out. You've got a Wallaroo and, and you've got other potential Wallaroos coming through and it's just so exciting to, I guess, just to see the growth. For and then anyway. suddenly, suddenly at the Reds, you then realise that you have to play against those people and it becomes a completely different dynamic, you yeah, know, playing you together them. for six weeks. <laughs> and then you realise at the end of it that you're going to try, have to try and be tackle, tackling you have to your tackle own teammates. So. <laughs> you Which is quite Chrissy. scary. <laughs> yeah. um, I get scared of that every time and I probably <laughs> will always for the rest of my life. But I like it for Queensland because she's on my team, but... Oh, club. Anyways. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a, definitely a fair point. I mean, um, you know, while, while those girls have definitely sort of been um, on the improve and they've sort of been there in and around for sort of, uh, like I know Mariah Tapai, you know, while she made her debut this year, she's been around the squad for the last two years. Um, and obviously Chrissy. Um, they're sort of slowly, incrementally making massive steps, having been in the program for two years. Two of the girls who sort of came in this year and really, really impressed me were um, Lesa Mataafa, um, oh, you know, yeah. someone who could play lock or back row. Her her ball carries are excellent. Um, so, you know, she's someone who clearly sort of takes the confidence she's got from playing club rugby 
through to the next level in Super W, which is impressive to see. Um, you know, not everyone sort of adjusts to that next level the same. You know, you see it in the men's program. You know, Harry Wilson someone within the Reds men's team who plays at Super Rugby like he's done in club rugby. And I think sort of lesser mm. sort of, um, you know, continues to sort of follow that trend within the women's game. And then someone else, um, Natasha Puritakinen, um, as someone who missed out on all of last season through an ACL injury in a sevens game, just, you know, suffered just before a kickoff of Super W. She's come back in this year and has provided, you know, a great level of impact in the back row. And, you know, I really think she's sort of got a great future ahead of her. And, you know, you'd like to you'd see her potentially push for a, you know, a World Cup spot come come next year. And, and, and you hope that what's gone on in the last couple of years hasn't affected her, but also what's gone on in the last few months um, and sort of months to come won't affect that. But, you know, um, you know time's only going to sort of tell what's to come. But I suppose that's sort of a crucial thing in terms of the World Cup next year in New Zealand. As we mentioned, sort of you guys sort of both sort of came into the Wallaroos program prior to the last World Cup in in 2017. You know, we were all together in in New Zealand playing against the likes of England, Canada, and NZ before we all went to Ireland. But I know, Kiri, you know, you missed out through an unfortunate hamstring injury. But um, what sort of an impact do you think that um, this COVID-19 scenario is going to have sort of worldwide uh, as we head into the Women's World Cup next year, um, you know, do you do you guys hope we can sort of get past this and still manage to host that tournament in New Zealand next year? Yeah, I hope so. I just I just think the biggest hope is obviously with with this whole pandemic happening at the moment is that uh, things just unfold so rapidly each week. Uh, I think if you look back over the the last four weeks, from where we were four weeks ago to where we are now, is just completely different ends of the spectrum. Um, obviously, I I would love to see a World Cup go ahead next year, but I also just I want it to be quality because I think that's what the women playing it and the women's game deserves. Mm. Um, so if it is something that goes ahead, I just I just want to make sure that it's um, you know the pinnacle of women's rugby and it's everything that it should be. Um, so with every that go- that's going on if that means that it it has to be you know at a, at a different time to accommodate that then I think everyone will be pretty understanding but to be honest I think in the, the sporting realm at the moment is if there's anything that people are hungry for it's the moment it's a bit of sport to play it to watch it to be around it so um I'd say if we get at the end of this it's in the sporting world it's going to be all hands on deck and everyone's going to be getting around it so um, obviously, I'm no expert on um, what's happening um, on the pandemic scheme of things. But, yeah, I just um, – if we do come out the other end and, and things are positive um, on that side, I think um, it'll be a, a massive year next year. Yeah, and, and, and that's it. Like, I guess, like, women's rugby has grown so much in the last couple of years and, and it's it's really, really sad to see it just put – put on hold and obviously I know it's not just women's rugby it's it's everything in its life has just been put on hold but it's just such bad timing I guess for us as women's rugby players because we were we were I guess we were doing so well I think um in terms of preparing and growing and the the level and the talent is just absolutely amazing and then for it to just kind of stop just before world cup is just such bad timing because it, it does scare me and it does I guess it in the back of my mind that, that if if we do come out of this on the harder end, 
do we have to rebuild all of that again um, before we can get quality rugby back or will we just fall back into um, where we left off? Um, and I think that's the main thing, I guess, that could be a little concerning. Um, and like Kitty said, you want quality rugby at, at the World Cup. You don't want to just put on a show for the sake of having it. And I know that girls, if, you, if you're not well prepared going into, a, I guess, uh, a game like that or an event like that, as a player, it's just... I think you know yourself what's what's to come and, and if you know you're better and that you could be better prepared, um, it definitely helps a lot more. So um, I do hope that we do come out, I guess, better at the end of this, but I just hope that women's sport and um, I guess every sport and rugby um, it gets back to where it was and it, it, it may take some time, um, but, I hope, yeah, I just I hope it just comes out great. <laughs> No, I think you definitely raised a few good points there, Sarah, in terms of, um, you know, how far women's rugby's come. And if you take this current COVID-19 scenario out of it, how much have you seen the women's game change within the last sort of, you know, three years since the last World Cup in terms of actual preparation for it? Because I know heading into the 2017 World Cup between the, the 2014 tournament and that World Cup, the girls had played in a couple of games in New Zealand in 2016, a few games in 2017, and then rolled into it. Whereas, you know, there's actually been a, an inevitable inevitable push to improve the women's game in the 15th side of things in the last few years. And it seems that it's sort of beginning to sort of bear the fruits with, you know, girls like Laurie Kramer and things like that sort of coming through the system where, you know, while Laurie might be our captain, heading into the 2017 World Cup, you know, she was a bit of an unknown. While she played for Queensland that year, people, you know, she's gone away, worked hard and has sort of come through the system now to be someone who's potentially in contention for that. And she's not alone. There's girls at all sorts of different states in that level who are, you know, applied their trade at club rugby or potentially playing other sort of forms of rugby elsewhere who are now in contention for it. It just seems that that player depth has changed completely as well. Oh, yeah, heaps. Like... I mean, just just going out there and playing, um, and Super W obviously has had, I guess, a massive input in the development of women's players within Australia and those that obviously are making their way through Wallaroos. I think we can put that down to Super W because the level has just shot up since the start until, I guess, this year. I obviously had last year off, so being in the first, I guess, season of Super W and then jumping into this season, like, just the whole game has just completely changed. And, I mean, the speed, the talent, the game plan, it's just it's it's evolved so much and it's so good to see. Um, and then you have, uh, I guess, players like, like Laurie and, and, and Avril and girls that will probably just used to be under the radar and I didn't even know back then. And now you look at them as, as teammates, um, not only in your state side but in your national side and that's... That's warming to know um, that it can expose, I guess, girls like that. Um, but I guess in terms of preparation, Super W is probably the best preparation I think that we could have going into World Cup um, and then into test matches. But again, it, 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 it may not happen at the moment. But um, I think this could have been our best preparation um, for a World Cup ever. Um, considering the amount of test matches scheduled for this year and 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 however many next year, and then the World Cup itself, because playing in 2017 
we only got better with games and I felt that on the field and I felt as my confidence grew at playing at that level, at international level, got better, the team started getting better and it just showed um, that with games we do develop and get a little bit better but it might just be a little bit obviously hard at the moment to get that. Yeah, I think uh, for Cez and I we're kind of a part of that interesting era where we've been a part of both parts that would have been a part of the transition of the game yeah um, so we both started when nationals was still the three-day format i think it was where we were playing 20-minute halves two of them a, a day one on one day and then straight into a the semis and finals on the third day so um to look back on that now of what what we thought was normal back then and you kind of talk about it amongst each other and you just think that how strange that whole thing was back then but you know it seems normal at the time and um for us my first introduction into Wallaroos was off the back of that national format back then over the three days and for me it was like dropping a 30 kilo weight onto my head and body going into (laughs) a camp a a full-on four-week camp of being a full-time athlete I'd never been exposed to that I'd never had that kind of experience before where you're training two times a day if you're not training you're doing review if you're not doing review you're doing recovery or you're preparing for the next day to prepare for a test match at the end of the week um so if anything, you know, Super W, although you're not a full-time athlete, it does prepare you for that style of life when you do go away with Wallaroos, um, pending your selection. Because um, it's a lot to take on to take someone mm. new and, and drop them in a, a Wallaroos camp and um, suddenly transition from your normal training and working life to a full-time ath- semi-professional professional athlete. Um, so if anything, I just think Super W, obviously bridging the gap between talent and, and skill and depth and players, it's massively bridging the gap between experience and being able to manage as an athlete and, and cope with the load that you're doing to, to play quality rugby and to play test matches and to be competitive on the world stage. Yeah, well, I think definitely sort of one of the challenges is, um, and I mean, this is going to be ongoing as we continue to get more more girls involved in sport is, that, um, you know, whilst you guys might be test match players, play for the Wallaroos, if you go straight back to club rugby, um, you know, you girls will know this, uh, West and, and, and Sunnybank for you, Kiri heading into East, you know, you guys might be at that top echelon of the game and you might run out for a club game. And whereas the players might be playing against, uh, you know, the best, sorry, for the men's players, they might be, being part of, you know, the best men's team out of six grades at, at a club side, you know, you guys are going to be going into a single women's team with girls who might be picking up the ball for the first time, as well as girls who are potentially pushing for potentially their first Super W cap or something like that. So there's a wide variety of, um, of you know, skill sets within that one club side. So that Super W sort of competition really does fill the gap for you guys in terms of bringing together a group of girls who are at a similar uh, ability and level and providing them with some coaching to actually, you know, create something that's a, that's a really great program for you guys to all develop and challenge yourselves and, and uh, you know, push for higher honours like many of the girls have. 
Yeah, it is, and it, it is an interesting dynamic because I know you know you wouldn't see that in the men's game. You wouldn't see um, a World Cup player suddenly jump back into a, a, a club game um, with you know people who are just potentially playing for fun or or haven't played before or just trying it out. So um, I guess there's still it still is a transition phase where numbers are growing and you're you're trying to get to that stage where there there are the designated levels. Um, but yeah, it's, it, there's something new each year. There's, there's more into it each year and it's definitely, um, going up and moving forward. Yeah. uh, And saying that, I guess, like, like we mentioned earlier, sometimes club, um, when you do come from those high levels back down, I guess it's just warming to be back around. I guess it's a different energy towards rugby um, in the club, I guess, the club family compared to um, Wallaroos or, or Super W. And um, sometimes it's it's nice and refreshing to, to experience that and be amongst that and to have that. Um, and to also offload, I guess, any uh, leadership or, I guess, uh, coaching or anything that you can give back to your club that once got you where you were. Um, I think that as well is is a get another good thing. So I mean, as much as as hard as it is to go from from Wallaroos straight back to club um, with girls who honestly only play just to make friends, which is awesome. Um, it is hard to adjust as a player, um, but they do, it does obviously have its positives as well there too. Right, yeah. Well, I suppose on on a different take in terms of uh, to wrap up the podcast in, in a positive manner. Um, everyone's in isolation. A lot of people, when I say everyone, um, unless you're a central worker, a lot of people are spending time at home in isolation. Um, what are some of the the recommendations you girls have potentially got in terms of Netflix, Stan movies to watch? What are you guys sort of been uh, taking in over the last few weeks? What are some recommendations for the fans? Well, if you have a Netflix account, um, you'd be happy to know or hope that you know that Studio Ghibli, which is the greatest movie maker in the entire world, oh, it's probably um, anime. Has, has graced our screens. So if you haven't seen Howl's Moving Castle or Spirited Away or Ponyo or any Studio Ghibli movie on Netflix, you should just know that it's an absolute honour and privilege to have it on Netflix and you need to watch it. Are they all anime, Kiri? Yes. <laughs> oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. No, it's quality. They win awards. Well, Kiri, I think you got an acquired taste in, uh, in TV shows. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> all right. Well, I would like anyone that supports me in this just to, to back me up right now because... I'm and if it's fighting Ivy, a solo battle here, leader, you don't count because <laughs> she's already brainwashed. Um, during my isolation, I have actually found a new love for cycling. Um, my partner has two bikes and bought a like a it's called like a it's called a um, kicker or something, wahoo kicker, and it, you you take the rear wheel off and you you put it on this trainer, and then you oh, virtual like ride. No, you virtual ride, okay. and it, it's it's connected via Bluetooth to the app on my laptop, and you obviously are riding. So I went through New York City the other day, um, and you're riding, <laughs> Ooh, and then 
once there's a hill, it provides resistance on the rear wheel, which is obviously replaced by the trainer. Um, so then you've got to change your gears and, and whatnot. Um, so I've been cycling a lot purely just because I sometimes I just don't want to leave the house, which is very weird, I know. But um, I enjoy, iso- not isolation, but I enjoy my own time. Um, and that's what I've been doing, virtual riding. So if you look on my Strava account, you'll see all of my rides. Um, the furthest I've rode is 20 kilometres, and that did me. But I'm going for a real-life ride on the weekend. In, within my own suburb, as the new rules have stated, you must exercise in your own suburb. But um, virtual riding, that's a thing, and it's better than anime. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm glad very you're, interesting, very you're interesting. experiencing 21st century fitness. I've just got a skipping rope <laughs> out the back. Oh, well, I don't have a skipping rope. For, so for the challenge, I'm just going to have to jump in the air. And pretend I'm skipping. Well, look, outside... Like an extension cord or something. Outside of uh, <laughs> anime and cycling, I can highly recommend uh, Community as the uh, the TV show to get around that's just been released on uh, Netflix as someone who's a little bit older. Um, hilarious. So, and, oh. and anyone who's a Childish Gambino fan, uh, as he plays a character in this, is, is Donald Glover, his, his actual name. Um, very good, very good quality of viewing. Well, yeah, I've, I've actually heard, heard pretty good things about it, about community, to be honest. I have. I've been watching Tigerland. Uh, yeah, I got Tiger onto King. that. Oh, yeah, Tiger King. Same <laughs> yeah, thing. Uh, Carol Baskin. <laughs> Carol Baskin. Sometimes I pretend my dog's a lion or a tiger. <laughs> You're well, not far off. <laughs> yeah, no. I can pretend my cat's a tiger like that because, uh, you know, I've been regularly being woken up at 6 a.m. with, uh, you know, bitten toes and things like that, you know. So I can relate. Mm. I don't have any pets here, but I've really been getting into origami and you can oh. make a tiger origami. So <laughs> That'll do me. I reckon we should finish down that. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're starting to get into uh, curious, serious uh, Japanese uh, affiliation here. Scary. <laughs> All right, girls. Well, thank you very much for, for joining us this evening. Obviously, um, you know, uh, I, I think an important question to probably finish on before you guys uh, depart is, you know, while Super W's, um, you know, done and dusted for the year, still doing these fitness challenges between the team and posting in the Facebook group, how, how crucial is that in terms of, I suppose, just sort of the, the mental health and the well-being of the girls as, as everyone navigates this, uh, you know, this tough scenario? Yeah, I think um, mental health is a huge thing at the moment and probably something that people might not realise, um, being completely ripped away from what you're normally doing. So, um, as I mentioned before, it is, it's just a sense of normality and a sense of community that no one's really getting at the moment, um, being in isolation. So to see that every day and, and to wake up to that and, and still be connected um, in that kind of way and, and have that involve challenges and fitness and, and fun challenges, you know, cooking and, and a bit of a laugh and throwing a bit of banter. Um, it just helps, you know, for everyone to, to get through what we're going through at the moment and, um, to know that we'll come out the other end and hopefully sit around 
um, within 1.5 metres one time um, in our lives um, and just have a chat about the year and, and have it be a memory and, and to be able to say that we got through it and we got through it together, I guess. I guess I, I think that's that's the hardest thing at the moment is our season's finished, but we left it unfinished in a way. And um, and I think it's just, it's, it's just, I think, a bit upsetting and it's obviously very annoying that we can't, we can't end the season. We can't finish it because we can't just do it being apart. Like, and and I don't know. And it's just, it's annoying in a way. But I, I guess it's a good thing because at the same time, um, I mean, staying in contact, uh, posting our workouts, um, doing our challenges, um, keeps I guess girls motivated as well. Because for some, there's an, there's another goal at the end of the tunnel, and that could be Wallaroos Test matches, and then. For others, there's also clubs. So we still want to keep that, I guess, that drive going for fitness and for rugby, um, even though I think a lot of us know that it may not happen. But just to keep doing it and just to keep that going, I think now is the most important thing. And I think that's the focus for us girls at the moment is is to keep fit, to keep in contact and just keep each other happy because um, those three things, I think, if we can get all over those as a team, um, we're doing our job for each other. And when we can come together at the, at the end of all of this, um, it'll be well worth it. And uh, I think um, a lot of the girls are looking forward to I know I am um, looking forward to it. But for now, we'll just um, stick to um, Zoom and house party. <laughs> no, well, thanks very much for joining us, girls. And, you know, as a staff member, it's, uh, it, it's really great to see how much you girls have sort of come together in the face of adversity and, and, you know, remain positive um, through what's some really challenging times. You know, it's it's unprecedented in terms of, of our lifetimes and, you know, we'll look back on this in, you know, 10, 20 years and, you know, we'll be telling the next generation, you know, how we managed to get through this. And, and it's great to see that, you know, despite the fact that while the Super W season has been called off and, you know, people's, um, you know, rep careers have sort of uh, been put on hold for for a couple of months, everyone's still together, everyone's got each other's back and, you know, that's the spirit of rugby and uh, it's it's really special to see. So I think that's a credit to uh, everyone within the squad. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks very much for joining us and... Uh, you know, fingers crossed uh, we continue to uh, to carry on and, uh, you know, keep doing all the fitness challenges and all that sort of stuff. Mainly you guys, not so much me. Um, you know, an afternoon walks is about as best as I'm achieving at the second. So uh, best of luck, guys. And, you know, hopefully we see you guys pulling on a, a green and gold jersey at the back end of this year for some Wallaroos tests. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Sauce. All right. Thanks, guys. And, as always, um, you know, stay tuned to uh, what the government regulations are around COVID-19, guys. Washing hands, social distancing, staying home, all that's essential. And um, hopefully we'll all see you guys, whether it's a club rugby game or a Reds game later on in the year. Thanks, folks. Sounds good.